0: What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Light the Fight podcast. I'm your host, David, and with me is not Heidi.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: He does not look anything like Heidi Swap, but my mm-hmm. good friend, at, well, let me call you by official title, he is known in the world of education and is vice principal as Mr. Peterson. Yes, indeed. But I know him as Juice, uh-huh. a.k.a. The juice is worth the squeeze. Yes, indeed. AKA Sir Juicosaurus Rex. You know, we can keep on going. Mm-hmm. There's my good friend from back in the old college days, Jacento Peterson. What's up, my man?
1: Oh, nothing, man. Appreciate it. Good to see you.
0: Well, it's great to see you too. He and I were just talking before we got on the microphone, just reminiscing about some of the good old days. So I apologize in advance to some of you, our loyal listeners, that you may have to hear some college football stories today. That's not what it's about. Mm-hmm. But see, one thing you guys need to know, if you've never had the pleasure of knowing a has-been athlete, a weekend warrior, let me tell you what it's like. They're going to bring up their old high school days, their old college days, their accolades. If any of you have seen Pulling Dynamite, we may have a couple Uncle Rico mo- moments tonight because if Coach would have played us in that one play, Juice, <laughs> oh, man. it would have made a difference. Yes, indeed. No, but the reason why I want to have Juice come on the podcast today because Juice has been a over 20-year professional in the education industry now. He has been working as a vice principal for his 12th school year now, and he is a vice principal at one of my favorite, and not actually my favorite high school. I was going to say one of my favorite. It's got to be my favorite um, high school, and we'll talk about it more in the podcast, but Valley High School here locally. It's known as Continuation High School, but you're about to find out they're not your average Continuation High School. They're doing big things here in Salt Lake City County. But before we get started, I got to let the people know, Juice, when our listeners come to light the fight. They're looking for answers. They're looking for help with their kids. Sounds good. They hit me up in the DMs. They send us some messages and they say, Hey, David sounds like he wouldn't suck that bad as a therapist. Mm -hmm. Maybe we'll, (laughs) maybe we'll throw our kids at him and see if he can fix, (laughs) see if he can fix them up really good. And, uh, and I'm thankful to be able to help lots of kids. Problem is they're just one of me and I'm getting old juice. Mm -hmm. I can't be seeing eight to 10 clients. Like I used to do back in the day when I was spry and I had some energy Now I can barely get by with like four or five clients a day. So what I'm telling our listeners is that if you need your kid to see a teen counselor, someone that knows what they're doing, qualified, and actually has a lot of experience working with teens, not just say they work with teens, then you got to go to teencounseling.com backslash LTF for Light the Fight and get your first month 10% discount. Teen counseling has been heaven sent for us. We've been putting together counseling um, reference lists. I've been trying to find as many people here that are good referral for young people but as you know, in certain regions, certain areas, there's a whole lot more teens than there are people to help them. Exactly. So teencounseling.com has found out that way. They can match up your family with the counselor that's right for you. Within 24 hours, someone will get back to you. It'll take me days just to respond to your email. Like You'll get back and be able to be set up and get the paperwork ready to start seeing a counselor within 24 hours. They're always on top of it. And to be able to be in an area and be able to reach other counselors that live in different states and other areas but get the persons right for you, It is... A game changer, especially for parents that are looking for that. And for teenagers, let's face it, coming to counseling, the long drive, silent drive with your parents, wait in the lobby to talk to some dude you don't know or some some woman you don't know that you don't know if it's gonna go work out well. The difference is this, they have it in their hands in their pockets. So similar to FaceTime, they do all their own appointments through FaceTime, through texting, and through uh um voice calls as well. So teencounseling.com backslash light the fight LTF. Get your 10% discount. And before we get going on, we got to give a big shout-out to our community sponsor, which is 1-800-CONTACTS. Apparently, they sell contacts. I'm just used to knowing them as the people that help us out to make sure all of our events go well. And they're always giving us opportunities to speak and help in the community. So I want to give a big shout-out to 1-800-CONTACTS for all their support because they've been, they've been making this all possible for the past year and a half because eventually, Daddy needs a new pair of shoes. Forget about my kids. You know, I need a new pair of shoes every now and then. <laughs> All joke aside, one of contacts just helped us get this message out to you guys. So without any more info about our sponsors, let's just jump into the conversation. School year is now here in Utah. I know a lot of our listeners are all around the country and some out of the uh, all around this country, but some out of the country. But this is school time. In Utah, it's the second week of school. Uh, For other places, you're just about to kick off the school. But I had this idea. I want to have my good buddy Juice come in here and talk about from an administrator standpoint, from a vice principal standpoint, but also from a guy who was a young teenager who has many friends to this day that we're still hoping can get through some struggles they're going through. And uh, for a guy that's been working in the profession with teenagers since the time you were barely out of teenagers yourself— and also, also raising teenagers, being a father on top of that. Want to ask you some questions, just have some conversations about with you. Where are some of the trends going with schools? What are some of the things that you're seeing that's working? What are some of the things that you're seeing that's not working? But first and foremost, I want to start off with, why don't you give our listeners a little bit of information about you, where you're from, uh, you know, how you got into, uh, how you got into teaching coming from counseling. Cause I think that's a huge part about your background, and this is not disrespectful to other teachers, but sometimes we all had that one teacher that just got it. True. Sometimes you're lucky if you had a couple teachers. I remember this one teacher, he knew I was uh, not the brightest bulb in the tree and helped me get math, which was by far my worst subject. I learned how to add in touchdowns mm-hmm. and field goals before anything else. Yes, indeed. Taught me that I actually knew how to add. I just only knew how to add for sports because my brothers were always lying to me that the score was you know different. It Mm -hmm. really was, so I had to make sure they weren't lying to me. That's how I learned how to add. But you know, you just get those teachers that get it. They learn to speak the language, whatever kid they're talking to. I know you're one of those guys. So just break it down for us a little bit. How did you first of all? How did you even get to the magical land? Of what's it? Not milk and honey. What they call it? The mm-hmm. the Beehive State. The Beehive State. The magical land of the Beehive State in the first place. Wow. Um. I came
1: to Utah in 1993 from Southwest Florida. I was raised by my grandparents. Uh, in a nice community where there's lots of uncles, aunties, and everybody else. Uh, so I came here on a not field, a rich
0: community though. Well,
1: not a rich community. <laughs> He's like, no, 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 no. Agricultural based community where everyone is working hard, picking crops, loading crop, harvesting crops. So I came to Utah, and I would say that the the gist of all the people that have been in my life have been phenomenal. So came to Utah 93, I played football at University of Utah with this man across from me right now, David Kozlowski. Probably one of the best experiences that I've ever had cuz I grew up in a pretty much a predominantly black neighborhood. So a lot of these conversations uh, multicultural cross cultural conversations wouldn't have taken place so yep. it was pretty good Um and so with that I segued into the business world doing some HR stuff then I moved into education the HR world taught me a lot about people Um my godmother Brenda Yamagata love her to death appreciate all I remember Brenda that's, yes. I haven't heard that name yes in a while indeed. that's right you were yes, training, yes, and working with her back still in still do I mean I She's talked awesome. to her the other day so helped out a lot of football um, players a lot of years. football players um, so with that then I said I into the educational format. For eight years, I worked in the district as a counselor for at-risk kids. And at-risk kids is a relatively awkward terminology. Pretty much any kid that needed some assistance, whether they had a violation of the drug policy, got into some altercations, kids that just needed our help. And so with that, I took some time, went off, and got my administrative endorsement. And so I've been into the educational world as an administrator, since that time um so i did a counseling bit and that was eight years and then i moved into the administration deal and this is my 12th year so a grand total of 20 years i think eight and 12 is 20 i spent some time in salt lake school district and came back to jordan school district
0: and you've worked at middle schools now what is the official terminology for valley high school like
1: valley high school is it's a big V. I mean, I mean, do they
0: call it continuation anymore? Is that well, an old terminology? I don't even know. You know,
1: it could be, um, but it's it's an alternative high school. alternative high school. That's yes. that, that sounds better. Yeah,
0: mm. back when I was growing up, we just called them continuation yes. high schools. Yes, indeed. Okay, alternative. I like that. Sounds better. So you've been at Valleywood since your third or fourth year. This is my fifth year. Fifth man, I'm way up. I still mm. can't add. Yes, indeed. It seems like yesterday, <laughs> man. <laughs> when you told me you when you're when you got the job there. Mm-hmm. So, wow. So, five years. Well, if we were looking at the five-year span, let's just take this five, past mm-hmm. five years. So, our listeners are very well aware of the the mental health struggles mm-hmm. that you know a lot of young people have had, um, the effects of suicide on the communities and families. It's it's no secret here in the state of Utah that uh, suicide is the leading cause of death for 10 to 17-year-olds. Mm-hmm. It's really the leading cause of death for 10 to 14-year-olds. Sure. I mean, 10 to 24-year-olds. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and other age brackets and demographics are also rising as well. And for parents, I mean, safety is kind of like that's that's the first box you got to check every day. Yeah. It's like that if your kids ain't safe going to school, it doesn't matter what grades they are getting. Like, that's the most important thing. True. So I'm glad in the past five years, let's just kind of talk about that. So in the past five years, what are some of the things that you, first of all, have seen that have been some of the biggest struggles for teenagers coming in? Um And being in the industry for 20 years, you see all the different patterns and struggles and things evolve. So what are some of the biggest things that you see young people personally dealing with? Mm -hmm. And then what are some of the biggest things you see that they're dealing with that transcends and overflows and spills over into school that makes it difficult for some of them to finish high school? Or maybe even go to a traditional high school because Valley is definitely not a traditional high school. True.
1: I would say some of the things that I've seen over the last uh, five years, number one would be anxiety. Anxiety is a big challenge for a lot of people, especially myself. I take a pill every morning, so I'm not here to knock anyone. But I think we live in a world that is very critique of anything that we do. Um, If you look on any form of social media, someone is going to pass judgment on someone else. It could also be some self-esteem problems within yourself. And so sometimes all that stuff kind of spread and spills into the education world. So for me, I've seen a rise in anxiety with kids.
0: Every year, because now you're just starting out this school year. So if you look back, you just take that snapshot of the first week of school, Describe to me like you're, you're seeing these kids walk in because I know that look, but mm-hmm. I'm trying to help our listeners because they're saying goodbye to their kids. They're seeing their kids' backs and their butts as exactly. they're walking to school, but you're seeing the eyeballs. Yes, indeed. You're seeing the lack of eye contact. Mm-hmm. You're seeing all this. So what are some of these things this past week and throughout the years you've been seeing more and more that tells you, okay, the anxiety is getting turned up?
1: Well, I think kids look down. You know, no eye eye contact. That's a big one, right? Yeah, exactly. Not looking for it, and then it seems as though they're holding on to some baggage that might be holding them back, versus looking for it and coming up with some solutions. Um, I just want to just get this across. First of all, I'm not an expert in working with kids. I still got some kids at home. I have a a 20-year-old almost, a 17-year-old, 14-year-old, and also a 9-year-old. So I don't consider myself an expert, but I think I have 20 years of best practices to try to, jump into this world. Yeah. And so with that being said, I see a lot of kids that are struggling, especially in the state of Utah. I think the biggest challenge I have in the state of Utah, these kids are pretty dang good. Yeah. The problem is sometimes they don't feel that good. And there's a lot of expectation, high expectation in the Utah. The culture is beautiful. But with that also, sometimes it might not be the most realistic expectation. You just do your best. And most more likely your parents will be okay with just do your best.
0: You know, I couldn't agree with that more, man. I like the way you said that. You know, you can tell me and Juice come from the same cloth. I always make everything rhyme. Uh (laughs) Everybody's like, why do you make everything rhyme? like, I used to want to be a rapper, but we won't talk about that. (laughs) But no, you're right. In Utah, I would agree with it because you and I both come from different areas and we've worked, you know, and Mm. and we spent a lot of time in our home states. And I would agree with that. These kids are pretty good. Yes, They just, for some reason, you're seeing them walk in and, they have that look in there like they don't feel good like yes. something inside of them is off and before we got uh live on the podcast i'd said something to you we just had a conversation i i, I see it too that you know the kids that i've worked with that are more of what you call the lower socioeconomic status mm-hmm. uh at risk yes. like those kids that are mm-hmm. say at risk right those kids to me have so much day-to-day struggle mm-hmm. and it does kind of callous them and it does give them that like anti-fragile mm-hmm. attitude. Like, you know, I can handle tough stuff, but it seems like one of the biggest gaps for them is they're missing out on opportunities. True. They just don't have the access to resources and opportunities. You know, they don't have a choice to go well, like, do I want to go to this college or that college and, and know it's going to be paid for. Um, but on the kids here, I see not that there's kids that don't meet the socioeconomic lower status and you know, difficulty at risk type yeah. of qualities, but I see the majority of kids are more the middle to somewhat upper class and they have more opportunities than they know what to do with, but they lack in the person in like the struggle like some sort of purposeful struggle that gives them that grit and that grind like i can do hard things what do you think about that
1: i I think part of it is a generational thing i think our parents get get afforded us the opportunity to have failure our parents had that immigration mentality they're like immigrants they're like (laughs) we're gonna make it no matter what job it actually you know build some callus on our spirit yeah Today's parent, which includes myself, yeah. <laughs> we don't want our kids to have to go through the same pains that we Hell went through. Hell no. So because of that, we don't give them the opportunity to grow. So if we can give them the opportunity to grow within reason so that they are not endangering themselves, and so that they don't put themselves in harm's way. These things will make them stronger. For certain, you know what doesn't break you will make you stronger. So I do think that we just need to give kids opportunity to have some failure. So how
0: how would some of those opportunities look um, in school? Mm-hmm. Because you're seeing these. I'm just mad you're seeing these kids walking in. Um, they're not making eye contact. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you can tell that they're visibly nervous, anxious. But it's not just like a first day of school anxious True. and nervous. Like That's what he said. You can tell True. they're good kids. You you talk them one-on-one. Every kid I've ever sent to your school, it, it brings such a big smile on my face because I say, listen, go to the school. It's going to be a good... Because a lot of them, just they just couldn't fit in the box of the traditional school or they had a bad reputation and they mm-hmm. just needed a fresh start. And I say, go to the school. When you get in there, look for the big black dude, Mr. Mm-hmm. Peterson. Yes, tell him leader. that you know me. And I... Every single one of them, not just the first week of school, not just second week of school, the whole entire year be like, man, Mr. Peterson just come sit with me in my class. Man, I'm just having a bad day and Mr. Peterson just started talking to me or I could go and talk to him. Mm -hmm. And instantly they know that there's a person that's going to relieve some of that anxiety and stress because it's almost like you're like, you know, the teen whisper. Like sure. I was watching Caesar Milan the other day. Like <laughs> he walks in, he's like, Hey, just don't look at the dog. Just play cool. Exactly. Be relaxed. And the dog will vibe off of you. Where a lot of people come like, what's wrong? What happened? Mm-hmm. And the kid's like, Oh snap. Now I'm really it's in neat. trouble. It's right. Indeed. And so for you getting back to giving these kids opportunities, mm-hmm. what would that look like for a teacher, for an administrator? Cause I know the things that you do. Mm. I want parents to know what you do, not just you, but also what other great educators do mm. to provide that safety and security and help the kids be relieved from the anxiety. Because there's plenty of reasons to have anxiety, get good grades, doing your homework. But when you have all this other stuff going on inside your head, there's not space True. to be able to do your homework or as like you said,
1: to have tough experiences. True. So with the kids at my school, I think I start off with letting them know who I am. I'm a person that grew up in some challenging neighborhoods. I grew up in a trailer. Um know that my house is... Is plenty bigger than my trailer that I grew up in, so I just want them to know less people living in it. <laughs> <laughs> but I want them to know that great things could happen. You know, with all the people who've supported me throughout my life, the folks that I've leaned on, I said they always say that you should stand on the shoulders of giants. I feel like I've done that so many t- different times. So when kids come in contact with me, I spend a lot of time with them, letting them know that it's okay to make mistakes. Life is full of mistakes. Do not make crazy mistakes now. There are some things that you can't hit a reset button on. But for the most part, when you make a mistake, it's just going to make you stronger. Um, Some of the things I think teachers can do, when kids bomb tests give them opportunity to retake that test. I know a lot of people are doing standard-based grading um, or mastery based yep. grading right now, and that gives kids the understanding that, you know what, sometimes if you're working in a, in a job, you might make a mistake. And with that, if the mistake is not big, like if you're building a bridge yeah. and it collapses, <laughs> that might not be a good move. Yeah. But for the everyday every activities, there's okay to make mistakes, and those things will give you the opportunity to do better next time.
0: You know, think about it. how many kids are really going to turn into adults that have jobs where they can't make mistakes ever. Very. How few. many kids are gonna be navy seals, build design, bridge designers, um, you know, skyscraper designers? Very few. So Very few. it really isn't the norm. Mm-hmm. To okay, I I just trying to because I never heard of it put that way, but yeah. it makes a lot of sense when you're saying that. And so, giving the kids opportunity, uh, just a little what if scenario. The way I. It, like the way I do it, and even though I'm not an educator, mm-hmm. is I tell them up front, say, listen, you go hard as you can, mm-hmm. do whatever you can. I don't know if you're gonna get a second opportunity at this, yeah. so don't do it like knowing in your back, like, oh, I'll have a backup plan. True. Do it like this is your only opportunity. Exactly. Now, if your teacher likes you, if you've been working hard all semester long, the and they give you a benefit of the doubt give you another chance, or like, all right, I get maybe to turn your homework, mm-hmm. whatever the situation was, then you use the relationship and you use you showing up every single day to give you a little bit of a chance to grease the wheels. So let them see, hey, you know what? He's in a tough spot or she's in a tough spot. I'll help him out this one time. But what I do after that, when I help someone out, I tell them, listen, I'm going to help you out this one time. Not because you asked, yeah. because you earned it and I'm giving you a chance. Exactly. But after this, this on you. It's on you.
1: But certainly with, with anything you do in life, relationships are the most important thing that ever transpires. So with a positive relationship, you know people are flawed. You yeah. know they're going to make some mistakes. And so you, with that, you're going to give them- And they'll tell a... you if you have a good relationship exactly. with them. Very much so. And kids are, uh, they always say out of the mouth of babes for certain, kids will let you know what's going on in their world- Are you liked? Are you disliked? Are you student friendly? So I spend a lot of time finding out what makes kids tick. We talk about. Everything on the face of the sun. We talk about music. I'm a sneakerhead. I love shoes. We talk yeah. about sneakers. We talk about what's coming out movies wise, life, albums, albums, artists. you yeah. name it. I mean, life. I mean, the kids to me become my educator when it comes to what's going on and what's popping in the real world. And so make we, sure your fingers on very the pulse. Much so, very much <laughs> so. the streets. And, and yeah. like I said, they will tell you who is a most student friendly teacher. And regardless of how decent someone thinks you are, if there's not a positive relationship, you're not going to learn from that person.
0: You know, I've never thought about that. But as a as a teacher, I would be really concerned about my rep with mm-hmm. the students. Very myself. And I could see how some people like, you know, it's not my job to get them to like me. True. Yeah, but you know what? Bosses, just in a work environment, yes. that their understudies like them, mm-hmm. guess what those people do? They, they stay late harder. at work yes, and they indeed. work harder. Yes, indeed. If if you don't like your boss and they're like, oh, I'll stay an extra five minutes like, nah, I'm good. True. Like it just you're not doing things for that person because You're only as invested as they are.
1: Exactly. And you don't ever want to be a pushover, but you want to be that crazy uncle, crazy auntie. So your mom and dad might allow you to get away with some things. But your uncle, auntie, they're a little bit more flexible. And I think with that flexibility, they can tell you certain things. They can call you out on stuff. Yes, indeed. Because they don't have to ground you. There you go. They can tell you some things and you don't have to sugarcoat it. And so... That's the way I see myself. And there's a lot of great administrators out there, especially in Georgia School District, that do the exact same things. And like I said, I want to go back to the genesis of this all. These kids are pretty dang good. I wish I could say that Utah kids were bad, but they're not. They're great kids. I think they just need a little bit bit of guidance and let them know their best is what we can live with. Yeah. You know, um,
0: I think right now, in this going using this past five years and you know let's just jump right into the whole suicide thing. yes because i know that this is a, it's a difficult one but it's very relevant mm-hmm. how many kids how many parents you think last week when they're dropping off their kid to high to high school that crossed their mind going
1: dang yes it i wonder happen. if this
0: is going to keep my mm-hmm. like it's now i hate to say it but now it's like how many kids are going to die this year yes and the only reason why i say that these are not my words these are words people tell me mm-hmm. kids hear someone dying they go it was suicide, right? They're assuming exactly. it was a suicide. Exactly. And that's crazy to think because when we grew up, it was like someone committed suicide and you're like, they, they, what? Mm-hmm. Like what? Who? Like, exactly? you never, never knew. Now it's to the point where are tapping so much. We got to be careful with the language. True. Like I don't even call it, I was using that intention. I didn't call it committed suicide. I'm exactly. like, Man, they died by suicide. suicide. I mean, if you know someone that state of mind, it's like, they shouldn't be driving the vehicle of their life at that moment. Like, they're not in a good place. If they were in a good place, no one in a good place mentally, emotionally wants to die. But sometimes people get that point where they couldn't imagine living life like this every day.
1: They're in a lot of pain.
0: Yeah, they're in a lot of pain. So how much is your school and you feel the schools that you're aware of are um, doing things to... To provide safety, to to be in the know, to make sure that you guys are providing opportunities, resources, and making sure that it's an environment and a culture that everybody feels like they can get help if they need. Because they spend so much time there on a day-to-day basis. They spend more time at school than they do at home with their parents. True. So what are some things that you think right now in the past five years that you've liked that are mm-hmm. growing and and things that maybe even you would still want to be impl- implemented in the future? I think
1: some of the things that I've liked, uh, first and foremost, is the increase of the ratio of counselor to students. And for me, if you have more counselors, you can catch kids before they fall through the cracks. In addition to that, they've been adding some social workers to the population, social workers, counselors, and just hiring teachers that care about kids, constant communication with parents, and that we're on the same team, and yeah. we're we're actually invested in this child's life. And so those are the things that I think have been improving and will continue to improve. I don't know. You know, after being in a situation for eight years, going to all the calls for suicides, all the calls for deaths, and then having to go to funerals. It's a tough situation, and parents are worrying, is my kids next? And no. they're also wondering,
0: we talked about before, is can you blame parents wondering,
1: like, what the hell is the school doing exactly. about this? Like, exactly. Because they don't know what's exactly. happening
0: behind closed doors.
1: Well, I'll tell you what we're doing at our school, and that's the only school I can speak of um, right off the top of the head with so much clarity. We do a lot of crazy things for our kids. We are first good of all, good crazy, good crazy. Yeah.
0: Things. <laughs> hey, you guys, well yes. no, there's yes. two types crazy. It's crazy, and, two times, and then, yes, first and yeah, foremost, I mean, man.
1: I know I'm, I'm a southerner, so I grew up with that whole traditional respect and things like that. We allow our kids to call our teachers by their first name. Oh, new school. So that's a new, new school, school, little modern twist on it. So yeah. there's that conversation of we're equals. Yeah, and at the end of the day, the we're partners we're, in this, partners in this game. When I make a mistake with kids and I've been known to make a mistake, I'm the first one to apologize. It doesn't it doesn't even hurt me to apologize. Actually, that allows me to gain some sweat equity with that kid. So It I, probably
0: hurt you if you didn't get a chance to apologize. I yeah. you know,
1: if I offended a child and, and they know. leave that building without me, no, that hurts deep down. Right. So I'm quick to apologize. Some of the other things we do. Every time I grab the microphone, I say, I love you. This is a new world where it's awkward, big black dude telling kids he loves them, but I spend a lot of times telling kids I love them. Our administrative staff gets on the microphone, we tell kids we love them, because I don't want them and we don't want them to ever go home to feel like they are not part of something special, that they don't, they don't have value on planet Earth. So we spend a significant time building up their self-esteem, letting them know any chance we can give them reps about who they are and what they're doing? Put it on Facebook. Sometimes you go on Facebook and you see the most negative things on That's planet true. Earth. So we're gonna use those social media vehicle vehicles, social media vehicles, vehicles to pub up people and say, "Hey, we're proud of the things you're doing in the community. We're proud that you you have a job. You're making good money. I like the shoes you got. Let me borrow a pair of those and all those other good things."
0: you I I like that you're you're quick to apologize. Um, you're modeling for these kids how to apologize. Yes. Identifying what they did wrong, calling them out on it, um, or or just just straight up like, all right, we're going to interrogate you now. We're going to call you out on this. That doesn't teach a new way, a better way of doing it. That it just doesn't. identifies the problem. There's yes, no solution man. in there. So you apologize to them. I think that's huge. You know the whole "I love you" thing. Um, it's awkward. I'm sure it's awkward in the very beginning. Mm -hmm. But what I'm guessing, even though it'd be tough to quantify, I want you to weigh in on this, I'm guessing you say enough of those I love you's, you look people in the eye enough, the next thing you know, that equals butts and seats in your office. Very myself. People walking through that door because you laid the groundwork. You're not saying, hey, if you're struggling, come and talk to me, mm-hmm. but I'm not going to tell you where I'm at. True. <laughs> yes you're saying, day. I love you. I'm right down there. <laughs> yes like, and, and you're making yourself to say that you have an open door policy mm-hmm. is is, is the first step exactly but then to remind them every day of their humanity Very that you so. see them as equal like yeah i may be this big black guy from another part of the country mm-hmm. but you're a human i'm a human you're a kid i got kids your own age i don't want my kids to die or their friends exactly. to die shoot not even dying i don't want them to struggle and feel like they're not good enough to graduate from high school yes indeed because feeling like you're not good enough to graduate high school and i can tell you i've sent some really really difficult teenagers to your school i mean when i say difficult not that they weren't great teenagers mm-hmm. they were broken yes they had failed at so many schools and had so much belief that they were meant to just be less than average going to your school they started to get some a's they started mm-hmm. to finish some work they started to catch up on password to see that there was hope they had that some
1: wins on it they there. had
0: a couple wins mm-hmm. and even they would be like well, you know, you know, it's not as hard as my last school, or this and that. I'm like, a win's a win. Yes, indeed. I'm like, I've win because the person didn't show up. Yes, indeed. I took it. I, yes, <laughs> I right. counted that W a win. Exactly. And and I think they're so thirsty for it. They're just happy to get exactly. the win. And you telling you love them, you guys modeling for them. It, it just it get, it makes me happy and smile inside because the kids I'm sending you guys, I mean, I feel like I'm their parent. I feel that responsible. And you know that you know I've lost, you know, um, you know, a couple of young people that I specifically, I've known, unfortunately, far too many people have died from suicide, but two that, you know, they were in my, under my umbrella, they're in my keep underneath my wing that have passed away. Going to those funerals, speaking and being yes. in those situations. Yeah. I've gone to their funeral. They're buried, they're gone, they're dead. But every single kid leaving and living and breathing, I'm looking at saying, I don't want to go to their funeral. Exactly. There's so much that can be done mm-hmm. that just there's so many petty things that we don't have to exactly. do anymore. Like telling a kid, like, what the hell's wrong with you? Okay. From our generation, that was sometimes a language of love. Very much. Right? Very, right? very <laughs> I, I Every remember, day. Yeah, I remember I remember when my coaches told me, and you know who the coach it was. Mm-hmm. I was like, dude, I made all these amazing plays. Uh-huh. I did all the stuff. You didn't give me one thank you. I mm-hmm. dropped one pass and you're all of my stuff yelling at me. Yes, and all I said was, the day I stopped yelling at you is the day you need to worry about exactly. it. Exactly. Exactly. and i looked at him i go wait what wait so you're telling me by you yelling at me you're uh-huh. telling me i'm doing a good job you said exactly i said reminds me like home all right am exactly. i right dad <laughs> it was like it was the exactly. same thing i grew up with it was this weird like we had to figure it out but back then i think most of us figured out i think kids you try that now True. they go oh damn i'm worthless they're gonna shut you hate out. me they're gonna shut they're down they're gonna and we don't mean that, but True. we're coming from the old school. It comes out of our mouth sometimes.
1: I'm sure you've done this with I'm your own the, kids. You've heard your own I'm grandparents. And you're like, damn it, why did I say that? I'm the worst cat ever. I mean, I remember taking my older boys. We went to see the movie Fences. Yep. And I left and I collapsed to the ground when I walked out of that movie theater because I was Denzel. There's yep. no question about it. <laughs> This education world is so important to me. Being successful in life is so important to me that I want them to give it their all. Yeah. Now, can I live with anything less than? It's going to be tough. If, but if I know yeah. you giving your all, then I can live with that. Yeah. So, it's, it, you know, I, I'll be honest with you. Sometimes I make some mistake. Luckily, I have a great wife that edges on the other side and helps me with these she's things. a little bit better with those things she's, called words yes indeed yes indeed <laughs> she's a little bit better the weird part is I'm a counselor by trade but she's a children uh, whisperer so that makes it a little different. And so, she's a mom too. Yes indeed that intuition you bring of those being babies mom. to the world yes. y- you know a few things. Yes indeed there's a little better things. better skill set coming out of that mom sometimes.
0: <laughs> you know um one thing too that I was kind of hoping to hear you weigh in on a little bit is with all the kids that I've sent there it it has done great things for their self confidence mm-hmm. done great things for them just to be able to move on to the work environment a lot of them don't a lot of them don't go into college but mm-hmm. to have that piece of paper saying i got a high school diploma i finished this i was successful what are some of the things that you found from the kids in recent years that have come through valley high school that have got those connections with you that come back to report back to you. The reason Mm -hmm. why I'm asking you this is because I'm fortunate enough to have a lot of teenagers that come, just message me, Mm -hmm. thank you so much, and I get to see the other end of it. Now, parents bring their kids to me when their kids are a hot mess Mm -hmm. and things are blown up. They don't bring them by to say hi once they're all good now. yes, It's kinda like the front news of the newspaper. So for you, what's it like for you as an educator? Again, I just want our listeners to know how invested people like you are in their kids, because usually you only talk to an educator if there's something wrong, true, or you want something to be different.
1: <laughs> it, to me, it's one of the greatest accomplishments in life, and I, I like it because it's a joint effort. When I see parents um, and kids going through some struggles and they go up and down, I mean every day. Sometimes I spend more significant time with these kids than I do my own kids, so. Whatever ups they have, I have. Whatever downs they have, I have. So I, I can tell you about a kid. Um, kid got into a little situation over at his school when he worked at a, y- a local restaurant. So we come through the door, and my godmother and I, we see this kid. We'll call it village ants yeah, we- <laughs> every <crazy> time. <laughs> so this kid comes through, and I look at him across the way, and he's um, He's smiling. My godmother says, why is that kid smiling? Now, the week before, we had to allow his friend to leave our school for a given period of time. Okay. So this person was preparing my hamburgers. Now, I'm very particular about who I consume food from. (laughs) So because he was laughing, we left the establishment. Next week, on Monday, he comes to school. and He said, why would you leave my school? I mean, why, yeah, why did you work. leave my restaurant and yeah. my place of work? And I said, well, I'm not going to consume any food from you. That's angry food. So he and I met together, and we talked for about an hour, brought my phenomenal secretary, Joanne, into to mediate the conference. Yeah. And so we sat together, and we talked about this for an hour, hour. And he said, well, I can see why you didn't eat." And I said, well, do you understand why I'm not going to consume your food? After that, we broke bread. He said he apologized. I apologized. And I told him that was the circumstance for we, where we were in. So we had to let his friend disappear. From that day on, we bonded on some, some and crazy And basically what he's saying
0: is he had to ask the person politely to <laughs> exactly. leave. And if
1: they didn't leave politely, they're going to help exactly. them leave. Exactly. Yeah. So we bonded on some things. And every time I see that kid, it's something special. It's something beautiful. He came over this fall. And when I saw him, I felt like, man, I won an Academy Award. Yeah. And I know it was not my just my hard work and labor. Is This kid put in so much time. His mom put in so much time. And the effort that he, he moved towards, based on life circumstance, he could have quit. But yeah. he didn't. He kept persevering. And so that, to me, is, is the beautifulness of it.
0: And the fact that he trusted you enough to sit down with you. Yes, indeed. Because yes, indeed.
1: a lot of times,
0: whether it be teachers, parents, whatever, we may overshoot and overlook a magical, great thing happen in the relationship right in front of us. We're too focused on the problem. Exactly. We may be so focused on the problem, we may not realize that the fact that this kid is willing to talk to us about the problem. Let's acknowledge that win first, exactly. because that's not given easily. To be a trusted adult to these teenagers, you don't get to a school like Valley, or you don't go through high school. You know, even if you're going to just you know a normal public high school, you don't get. All the way up until 12th grade without feeling like you've trusted people that have done you and wrong. Let you down. That have let you down. Yes, that people made promises didn't fall through. Mm-hmm. I found that teenagers, they're so thirsty and looking for an adult that's going to do
1: what they say they're going to do. Exactly. An
0: adult that's going to cut them some slack because now they feel like, okay, I owe you one.
1: They're, I think they're befuddled when you give them that opportunity. They're like, It feels great, but they're yeah. like, wait, are you being they're, real? No, yeah, exactly. Are you recording me? What's going on here? So when you give those kids those opportunities to grow, and I think that's what they are, they are so thankful for the opportunity. They will pay you back thousand fold and they're those are the same kids that if someone is doing something in the building bullying or They'll come tell or you causing conflict they're the first people to come to the door and say look i don't appreciate the way so-and-so is being treated we're going to rep the valley way or whatever school that you're representing and they will allow you to help other kids in that building
0: you know we just did a, a podcast last week um that uh <laughs> at first i was starting to regret i, I put up my mug shot uh, mm. before we started the podcast, I should I said I said, juice, check out this picture we posted uh, last week. He's <laughs> like, I know that guy. <laughs> I seen those bangs flowing in yes the Jeep indeed. with no top yes on, indeed. right? Yes, indeed. Old black Jeep back in the day. <laughs> and um, you know, I we posted that picture because the whole entire episode was basically about your kids are gonna bring home some ragamuffin friends. Exactly. They're gonna bring home some friends that all your parenting spider senses be like, dude, do, mm. run. You may say things like, Oh, why don't you go hang out with Steve? You know, that you know, he seems like more of your kind of friend. Exactly. Or they'll just say flat out, they're stupid. Parents usually like to say that they want to give everybody a chance, but when their kids bring home some weird-looking kids, they start becoming real bigots. <laughs> bigots self. real quick. So I don't know, but those kids that wear their skinny jeans like exactly. that, they start being like exactly. critical about everything and judgmental. And so uh, our episode was basically about don't judge a teen by their profile True. picture. I mean, just be just because they're sharing all this weird hairstyles, mm. funny looks, maybe they cuss a lot, stuff mm-hmm. like that. These kids may have been through some difficult things, but they may have learned from some Rare of those things. So. so one of the biggest tricks is you want to bring those kids underneath your wing. Mm-hmm. You're not giving them the carte blanche to come over and sleep at your house or eat your food whenever you want. But you're saying, "Hey, listen, come here. You're you're friends with my kid. We're here at our house. Exactly. Here's how we do do things. Here we consider we treat each other like family. Exactly. So what that means is when you come to our house, we're gonna feed you, but you're also gonna be respectful. Ask, thank you, please. They, a lot of times they have never been taught that. True. And they have a better chance. Their own parents will be like, man, they're more respectful at your house exactly. than mine. Because they get the game. They know going over to your house mm. is an honor and you treat them with respect. And you're different. So they're going to want to pay exactly. that forward back to you. But that's the whole episode was if you want to know what's really going on inside your kid's friend social group, exactly. you bring the kids bring out of them your Bring your wheel. Of course. Yeah. Do not push them away exactly. because now what you do is you create a loyalty between your child yes, and this indeed. kid. Your kid may not even know the kid. True. The, the kid just said something that made them laugh one time. They go, I like that kid. We're best
1: friends. You yeah. know, a teenager's are like, Oh, my best friend that I met two days ago. And loyalty is very important for the kid world. Very important. And once they feel like they're part of your family they're generally not going to let you down now they might bring some shenanigans your way but they can see your face and see your frown when they take their kid into a circumstance so they will probably not engage in such battle and if they did i remember a situation happened like this
0: with the family took the kid in for the most part he was great but he ended up stealing like 20 bucks from them Mm -hmm. they asked me what to do with it make a really long story short i told him listen you go up to the kids say listen you know, we got 20 bucks missing, corner our cameras. You were the only person that came to our house. You know, they, they told me you could stop by, blah, blah. blah. So we're not saying you did it. We just want to let you know if you did seal up money, your family, we love you. We realize you made a mistake. Maybe you needed it. All we want you to do is give us the money back and acknowledge that you did it. And if make you more it more your grass. If you didn't, then no big deal because we're not a kid exactly. doing it. Exactly. What did the kid do? Head down, shaking his fear. This kid had a couple of tattoos, a piercing, his fear, not mm-hmm. even able to look them in the eyes and he admitted that he did it. They didn't need anything else from him. No. They didn't want the 20 bucks back. No. They hugged him. He broke down crying. He started telling them like, you know, he's got this problem where he steals. But he's like, I don't know why I stole from you guys. You guys have never done anything exactly. mad to me. And he started to think, Maybe I got a problem, because Mm -hmm. before then he was like, screw these people, I steal from my parents, I steal from there, because they're stealing from me. But this family didn't do nothing. So this family told me the best example they'd ever did was let a kid into their house that they had nothing in common with, Mm. him steal money, and the lesson he learned from exactly. it. If they would have shamed him and said, what the hell? do I ever come yes, back to your exactly. house. Then he'd have been like, they're just like everyone else. I can't make a mistake and be accepted. It was the complete opposite. So I like what you're saying because teachers can also do that. Very same much thing.
1: so. Very much. So if, if somehow or another you model the behavior for which you want to see, it makes life a lot better. So if you're going to ask a child to engage in forgiveness, treating people well then more than likely you're going to have to be the person that spearheads that movement. When kids <laughs> come to class, be happy that they are. You know, if somehow or another gets out there, oh, all Don't man, ask them why they're in a bad mood. Exactly. Just you being a good mood. Exactly. Or, or say, hey, man, I'm so happy to see you today. That actually diffuses so many problems in a kid's world, regardless of what is going on in their world. But they know that somebody values who they are and value what they bring to the table.
0: You know what? I'm going to ask you, this is going to be the, the difficult one. So I, I've i been feeling, and, and this, it might be just from my point of view, but I think this is pretty accurate. I've been feeling in these past five years with the heavy increase in suicide. Um, I usually get called in in these types of difficult situations. Well, when I'm meeting with parents that have either lost their kids to suicide or f- parents and families that were really close to that child. They come to me venting sometimes about systems and how things work and why didn't this happen. And I get it. People are protective of death. They want to know why. They want someone to be responsible and they want change. I totally get that. But what I hear a lot is people being worked up, angry, upset. And the message that they're trying to share to the school, to the teachers, to the administration, can come across like they're trying to pick a fight. You and come across like they're blaming not asking or trying to work with people on the other hand i know personally um some people that work in the education industry that are teachers that have come to me and, and other administrators not yourself that have come to me and said hey listen i feel like i'm being in this situation you talk to all these parents like How should I handle this? Just people that I know, like, just like, Hey, what should I do? Cause this is kind of nuts because they weren't trained for this. There's no, there's training for suicide prevention. There's no training for how to get your ass ripped because someone's mad at you. (laughs) It's like, you just sit there
1: and go like, that's customer service one-on-one. Like, yes, thank
0: you for telling me. I'm a horrible teacher. Like, I appreciate it. Yes, indeed. So the question I have for you is there are a lot of parents out there that have the best intentions. Their delivery may not be great. Mm -hmm. Off the top of your head, let's say let's not use the worst scenario in okay. suicide. Let's use a scenario where there's been accusations of bullying. Maybe there's been some some violence, some some threats of, you know, some types of things. Um, how would you suggest some basic principles for parents to approach administrators um, to start these conversations? Because that first initial thing, when I hear people and they tell me what they did, I was like. Oh, I bet you they responded this way, and they'll look at me like, "How did you know they said <laughs> that?" I'm like, "Well, because you came at them sideways. Exactly. You, you came sideways. at them wrong. And you and I You're from myself. the old school. You yes, come at indeed. someone sideways. Yes, it's game they're, on. Th- Yeah, they're gonna. It's all about the defense now. They, yes, they need to protect what you just attacked. Mm-hmm. Versus, there's no partnership though. There's no partnership at that time. So, what are some of the things that come to your mind, like? Advice that you give parents if they want some initiative change, like how would you
1: suggest to parents to get
0: change or to get their voices heard?
1: True. I would say let's not wait to the big moment that yeah. takes place. Even the things that are small incidents – Feel free to come to the school. I know sometimes people it could give will talk, them a chance to build a relationship. Because so. you can talk about yeah, smaller exactly. things. A we lot can easier. Talk about smaller things. I think sometimes parents are worried that, well, I don't want to be a tattletale. I don't want my child to feel like I'm going over to the school. But understand, this is a partnership. I expect you to come to the school because there's no way I can read minds. So when you come into the school, have some questions for me, some questions on what's going on with the child. Do I know the child looking at some situations like that? But from from the administrative point of view, oftentimes is what did you do? What are you guys going to do? You have a zero tolerance of. Course we have a zero tolerance, but that doesn't mean that it's not going to happen the first time. And we
0: don't have a bunch of vigilantes no, around beating up bullies. No, we don't. Yeah. We
1: don't. Um, in a situation like bullying, more than likely that child who's doing the bullying has their own set of concerns. Yeah. So just like we talked about earlier, to find a way to bring that kid in, especially if he lives in your neighborhood. Yeah. But for the administrative point of view, just, just say, look, this is a circumstance that's going on. I need some assistance. And I assure you, most assistant principals, and most administrative staff, will be more than happy. They understand that what you're bringing to the school is your most precious commodity. Yeah. And so it's important that we try to help you out and help your kids be successful. If they're feeling like they're being bullied or treated bad, they're not going to learn. And learning and teaching is what we do most. So it's very important that we are familiar with what's going on. Honestly, I wouldn't text I wouldn't email. Not important. If, not, it's a, if it's important, come on in. And I assure you, regardless of what the circumstances, if you come to my school, I'm going to stop what I'm doing. Because I feel like your time, your energy, and your child are important. The paperwork can get done anytime. Yeah, it can get done anytime. Yeah. But face-to-face interactions are the best way to resolve some conflict. Do not make somewhat deals with your kids that says, well... I'm not going to go this time, but if something else happens, then I'm going to go to the school. If you have an inkling that there's something going on with your child, please come to the school. Let's sit down. Let's broker a deal. Let's come up with a situation where we can resolve the conflict with your child. So he or she does not have to go down that journey. There's a lot of crazy things, you know, sometimes parents will see things on social media. If there's something you're seeing on social media, although it may not impact school it ultimately does impact school, especially if those two individuals actually go to the same school. So don't be hesitant to come into the building and have a conversation with your administrator or your counselor.
0: Do, do you invite uh, parents in the beginning of the school year with that same type of Very much uh, invitation? So.
1: Say, hey, if there's something's going on, because
0: what you just said, I thought it would be great to because sometimes people need the invitation they need to be told hey listen here's the call to action if you feel something's going on because nothing warrants the need for a partnership better than a problem very much so and so if there's a problem come to us a problem we'll get some reps practice working out some oh there's some attendance issues let's work through that Exactly. by the way my name's mr peterson what's your name you know how this all came about um one in particular friend of mine is a teacher she came to me and there's a couple suicides at her school and she said um at a couple different cases because she had a close relationship with the student, she felt that the parents attacked her for not doing more. Mm-hmm. And um, she'd asked me if, if I'd had that happen to me when I'd lost um, two boys to suicide. I said, no, thankfully, I didn't get anything from the parents that they thought it was my fault and they didn't trust me. And she said, well, why not? And I said, well, because I made it a point when I'm counseling the teenager to always set time aside in that hour for the parent. I may not meet with the parent every time, but other times I'll meet with the parent solely on their own time. Exactly. It really becomes like I'm counseling the parent now on how to approach the teenager versus me just giving reports to the parent. And the reason why I told her that is because I truly feel had I not formed that relationship relationship with the parent over time where they trust me. Yes, they would have blamed because nice so. they don't know. And very if people nice don't so. know, they assume the worst. They assume the worst. And so when she realized at that moment, she's like, oh my gosh, I actually did that with the kid. Mm. I didn't do that with the parents. Of course. See, this kid had so many issues that she went way over her normal job as the teacher to be there for the kid. Problem was, is she wasn't doing that with the parents very to nice try so. to bridge that gap between the two. She knows all that was outside of her realm. But when she learned that, she's like, you know what? This is a painful thing to learn, but I'm not going to make that mistake again. Yes. And so that that's why, you know, when I asked you that question, it really came from a place where talking to a teacher, a friend of mine, she was crying. She's like, these people so. are blaming me. And I and she goes, I know they're not, but it feels it like feels they so are. Well, you know, and we, she was not like a defensive fight person. She just folded and started crying in front of the parent. Like, I'm so sorry. She was apologizing exactly. as if she had blame, even though she didn't.
1: Well, what you're dealing with, the most precious commodity. And yeah. so when kids are small, the most important thing is that they're safe. Yeah. When they're older, that they're happy. Yeah. And so <laughs> things like suicide make people question what in the world was going on in my child's life that he or she was so unhappy, but because of that, didn't they become unsafe? Yeah. So the most important thing that I think we could do as a Teflon Don yeah. is to throw out the opportunity for a positive relationship. And That's with all stakeholders, moms, dads, aunt, uncles, aunties. And like I said, if I said I have an open-door policy, I really do have an open-door policy, but particularly with the child. In that that kid is with me all day, every day. And if a child would leave my present and never felt like they couldn't speak with me and I feel like I'm a failure. With the moms and dads, they're always welcome to come on through because yeah. you know what? We're in a partnership raising these kids. And, and
0: as you as a parent, if there's an issue with your kid, very much you so. want to walk straight through the school. Very you don't want to so. like go to five, six different people. You want to be, hey, I want to have a relationship with this person because later so. on in the year, if things go down and pop off, I want to go right to that very person. Very much so.
1: Just point example, my daughter is transitioning into another school and I know the school. I used to work at this school and I try to handpick those teachers. Heck yeah. (laughs) And I know. Like I said, the old school generation like, you just get what you get. Exactly. That teacher's hard, good. Exactly. (laughs) So the teachers that I've selected, Those were the same teachers we help hire. And I expect them to push my child. I expect them to call me if there's a circumstance. But the other part is I'm gonna hold my child accountable too. Don't make me look bad when you're in the presence of these teachers that I consider my colleagues too. So it's a partnership on both sides.
0: Well, you know, thank you so much for that. I, I know there's a lot of parents out there that have had bad experiences. That surrounded in some way, shape, or form had to deal with school. Mm-hmm. Like I said, the the majority of their waking hours during this time here is yes, school. Indeed. And parents like, man, I haven't even seen my kids. Like they're spending the time over there. Like, what are they doing? where they teaching? Were they learning? I don't think parents. I don't think it's a natural inclination to blame the school for your kids' problems. But when you can't understand your kids' problems, True. when you feel like there's disconnection with your with your kid it's easy to want to look for someone to blame. Very much so. And I like your guys' approach that you're not just doing the open door policy, but you're saying the things that people say when they actually are available to talk to someone. I love you. I have your back. Yes, indeed. Look at me in the eyes. They look up. Say, hey, you're going to have a great day. Yes, And indeed. if you don't have a good day, yeah. you know where I'm at.
1: <laughs> Very much so. Very much so. You know where I'm at. Yes, indeed. And we, we hit the hallways quite often, too. Every break, you know, our administrative staff is in the hallway. I know. So I, I see, hear from the I, kids. We can see the sadness. And you know when you see the sadness, hey, man, what's going on today? Because what's going on with you in your world is more important than some of the things that we consider the most important. Don't get me wrong, academics are very important. However, if I don't feel good about myself, they are not going to be successful. So I used to think it was all about uh, social and emotional type things. But I see that they go hand in hand because if you're successful in your academic world, then your social and emotional is going to increase yeah. and vice versa. If you feel good about yourself, more than likely you're going to do better in the classroom. Absolutely. So the, we, the
0: odds are in your favor if you're so. in a good mental and emotional bear place. Very right. much so. So uh, now a couple of final closing up words before we wrap it up today. Um, as the vice principal of a high school, as a father, as a person that's been there and done that in, in your industry, what are some of the things and, and, I want your our parents to hear what you're telling teenagers. Yes indeed. So when they're coming to you and they're saying things like, I don't know if school's for me, I don't know if I can make it through these difficult times in life, what have been some of the things that you can stand uh, that you can state are tested, tried, and true. It could be a body language thing. Now, not everybody's gonna have your personality. True. Not everybody's, you know, handsome, dark chocolate very like myself. yourself, right? Very I know it's not their fault. Very they much just self. didn't get the DNA very you absolutely. got. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, not everybody has that natural charisma and to connect with people. I bring this up because uh, sometimes when I do these parenting seminars, uh, parents will ask me questions. They'll say, or they'll, they'll make statements and ask me questions. Say, Dave, but the stuff that you're saying, it's easy for you, but I wasn't even cool as a teenager. Mm-hmm. So you're asking me, you know, like to be cool. I don't know how to be cool, and I tell them things like, "You don't have to be cool to play it exactly. Like you can play it cool." So, what are some of the things that you do? And just by telling parents what you do, it can give them ideas of how to approach their kids in the same way. Because you're seeing them walk into school with those looks. They're seeing them walking in the front door with those looks, and. It's job security for me, but most parents screw up that first couple sentences when their kids come home from school and make their kids run and put their headphones on. The parents are chasing through the house. Do you want some cookies? Do you want to be my friend? And they get all desperate, and then they get mad that their kid's not talking to them and starts a fight. So what are some of the things, your go-tos, that you just let kids know when they're in difficult places or going through difficult times?
1: What's up? I mean, essentially, what's up is the, the, the gateway to just about anything. And the funny thing is, you, the way he says it, it's not even a question. It's like, tell me what's exactly. up. tell me it's what's like, up. It's like, tell me it's what's a, up. It's a directive. It's a directive, more, directive more not anything. a question, yeah. But I, I think even before that, it's established some positive relationship with your knucklehead kids. And they're good kids, but you know uh, what I miss most about being a parent is driving in the car with my kid. Those great conversations about life and what's going on some of the best teaching moments are the things that you have overcome yourself in life so don't ever forget to tell kids those stories about what you had to overcome your grandparents have overcome and all those things so they see you as a human that is a role that you take upon. Yeah. But sometimes it's just it's just good to be your first name. I'm Juice and I love that my kids think of me as just Juice. The dude that sometimes a little wild, a little bit crazy. So we kind of bridge the gap by just talking about who and what's going on. So when I see kids in the hallway, the first thing I'm saying is, what's up? Because I know your spirit. I know what's going on with you. I've seen you 175 days and you have smiles on your faces. So what's going on with you right now? How can we come together and come up with a solution so that you're not having that that frown uh, of ugliness on your face? So those kids realize that, you know what? Adults, they're, they're weird creatures. But when you spend some significant times with them trying to gather information, then you become on the same level playing field now that adult is not that big dude or the people that are over ages of x y and z it's a person who is taking a vested interest in who i am and what's going on once that happened now everything is open and the fact that they know they can come back i mean there's not about time and space I'm going to put whatever time in place so that I can help you be successful in life. And that means if we need to sit down for 20 minutes, we need to sit down for an hour. I want you to know that whoever and whatever your concerns are, that I care enough about you to sit down and have those conversations. And I would say that for the most part, most of the people that are at my school, they are that way. My secretaries and my office, and I'm saying my secretaries, like I'm the yeah. CEO of a company, <laughs> but they are the best people on planet Earth. The counselors in my my school, they meet with kids four times a year, mandatory. Yeah. So that they know what's going on. Um, in addition to that, you know. Great people in the cafeteria. I mean, these are the people that when kids don't have money, we, we find a little, we ain't going to tell you how it happens, but they yeah. find some food for kids. One of the greatest extension of love is food. And so, so it is I, a representation of is, love. Truly. I mean, if you look at yeah. all the treaties in the world, we've seen people break bread and have some food on the table. Yeah. So the things that the folks do at our school, our teachers finding opportunity to give the kids the wonderful resolve to be successful in life. And letting them know they are worth something,
0: dude. I, I wish we had our camera on. Normally, for for everyone out there, today we actually had to record in my office today. Uh, our studio is kind of under construction with some stuff, and um, but I wish we're we're recording this and putting this up on a uh, um on YouTube video recording. I mean, if you could see the confidence in my boy Juice's face right now, because what you just said of how to approach the kids, what didn't get conveyed is that you like that's why I said you weren't asking them a question. You were saying Very that, listen, so. tell me what's going on. Exactly. The confidence that you display, and I've seen you do this with kids. You look at them like that curious look like mm-hmm. What's your deal? Tell exactly, me. exactly. But it's not a question. It's just like it's like. <laughs> no, tell, you sound like Graves. It, like, so yeah. T- t- tell me what your deal is. Exactly. Tell me what, is tell going me what on. your problem is. Yes, and it's indeed. like, well, but you've built, you've established the relationship, much so. and then when you say something to them, you have to say it with complete confidence. Very myself. So. They say I may not know exactly what's wrong with you, but I know there's a disturbance in the force yes, somewhere. Indeed. You don't have to tell me now, but I see you. You can't hide it from Fair me. Very myself. So. And think about it. in the world of social media, one thing that we learn about human beings, they like to be seen. Very much. They like to be heard. And it's even a thing where people will say, hey, I don't feel like I'm being seen in this relationship. Okay, well, that's a problem. But what happens when someone sees you, you feel like the, the cover's got exposed. Exactly. You're like looking at them and going, damn, I guess I better tell them what's going on. Yes, indeed. It's like, you got me. Exactly. Everybody wants someone to know they're struggling without telling them that they're struggling. True. Everyone wants to feel like another human being relates to you and connects with you so well because our closest relationships, it's as if they can read our Bear minds. Myself. Our best friends, our partners, are like, come on, man. I know you told everybody else you're fine. Exactly. I can tell something's wrong. And exactly. then they break down and tell you, tell you some crazy things. So exactly. we've had enough experience as adults to know what you see on the outside, there could be stuff on the True. inside. So Everyone that just listened to what he said know that when he said it, he said it with complete body language confidence that this isn't a conversation that you can't have with me. It's just a matter of time. Very much. It's just a matter of time.
1: And then, you know, Langston Hughes always talking about wearing a mask and sometimes kids have the ability to hide things, but if you've been around them for a certain period of time, you know what is going on in their world. And so with that being said, kids are willing to, they might push you off the the initial time, off the snap, but, yeah, off the scent. <laughs> but then they're coming back. They're coming back because they know that people care about them. And once they understand that you care about them, they're not going to run away from you. They're going to confide in you. They're going to look for wisdom from you. Yeah. And when that happens, then we're going to resolve a lot of these conflicts. And we, are, if we don't resolve it, we're going to chip away with it. And so that the next time we can come up with some solution to resolve it.
0: You know, I I call it being that Google guy or that Google girl because before Google came about, mm. we only had our uncles and aunties to go to. We only had the neighbors. We only had the we there's a few trusted adults. Younger kids were like, case of stuff hits a fan, my parents get crazy. I need to have a couple other adults around yes, just to, to make me. sure I'm okay. For me it was my uncle George and I used to always go to him, like, Man, my mom's crazy, be like, I know she's crazy. I'm like, yeah. She is right. Yeah, like I'm not. Like, exactly. He's like, yeah. He's like, don't tell. I told you don't that. You. <laughs> so she'll kill me if I yes, tell. Day. I agree with that. Yes, but day. that uncle, right when he said that, I was like, okay, that's an OG. I can go to him. Exactly. Something about it said I could go to him. But I call those Google guys or Google girls. Meaning yes. they're better than Google. Very much because myself. Google don't tell you yeah. like face to face. Like yeah, that person's tripping. Exactly. Or, yeah, like exactly. you're right. Your your parents are wrong. You got to approach it this way. Google doesn't validate you and then tell you how to do something with that in a relationship standpoint. So I appreciate so much, Juice, for you coming down here, taking the time to, to share with us all the things you've learned in, in the over 20 years, not just as an administrator and working this in the education, but as an administrator, a father, a friend, and someone who just cares about these young kids. What we have in front of us in these next five years, I hope five years from now that we can come back and say, listen, we made the right moves as educators, as counselors, um, as communities, and as a state. And as a country, we've made the right moves to not just provide safety for our kids, but provide safety and then give them opportunities to have some sort of purposeful struggles so they can be experiencing highs from life that come from hard, difficult challenges. And that's where the
1: happiness comes about. Yeah.
0: Well, I'll tell you what, uh, before we end, I just want to say a couple words on my man Juice here. I think I've told you this once before, but... um, You know This guy in front of me, it doesn't surprise me that he's in the position that he's in right now, uh, working with kids and having such a huge influence on kids. I've never met a young person that knew that I knew Juice and didn't say, I love Mr. Peterson. No way. And they just started telling me all these stories about you. But the two things that I remember about you from college the most was um, one time our head coach, Coach Ron McBride, I forget how it came about. But we we're talking about like different places he went um, to recruiting, mm. and he told me the story recently when I had him on my radio show. But he told me a long time ago when we were still playing at you. And you know, when you're a young 21 year old man, I'm not thinking about other people's stories, Bare and their myself. background, life. I'm just like, does that guy piss me off or is he chill and I like him? You're definitely on the chill and I like <laughs> you category. I probably piss you <laughs> off, but I talk too much. You never, you, you just did your work. You shut up. And so um, I remember him telling me we we're asking about what was the most. Poverty stricken, mm. the the most lowest socioeconomic status area, family home. Cause he'd tell he told us that yes, he went indeed. through some difficult times and he didn't even hesitate. He's like, oh, Juice's house. Yeah. And then he told me, and I'm just sitting there I go, Juice? Cause you never said now, I mean, you wouldn't know if you're poor or rich because yeah. you didn't talk, like you didn't wear gold chains Fair and get myself. all blingy to show. Cause yeah. those guys like, okay, they didn't have nothing. Fair and myself. then again, you weren't driving fancy cars. So yes, I know so you didn't that. have no yes, money. Indeed. You were asking yes, me indeed. for rides. You borrowed my car. I gave it to you guys. I liked you guys. But
1: you know, with that too, I think the difference though, if if we're using poverty as in financial. Yeah then for certain i would have been in that category yeah but if you're talking about support i have two great grandparents phenomenal people i had uncles and aunties i had expectation Everybody's in church, it together. church experience that taught me how to speak in you know in the public forum so i would say if you said financially poverty but if you said resources Rich, well repair. Well,
0: and and that's that's basically what I was getting to because he said, "Man, like, there's all these people in the small little spot. Yes. There's holes in the ceiling, yes, like and, you know." And he was just, but he said he was humbled by it. But I'll never forget what he told me. He goes, "He talked to your grandma, mm-hmm. and she only had one question for him because you know you're getting you're highly recruited yes, by indeed. a lot of people." And she was like, "She's like, okay, so so what's my son going to get, or yeah. what's my grandson going to get if he comes play football with you?" Exactly. And Coach McBride, as you know he wasn't down for paying players. Uh-huh. Like he's not exactly. that kind of a guy. Uh-huh. Like he's like not doing like, he has other issues. Exactly. Not that. <laughs> His issues were, might've been laying hands on too many of us. Exactly. Right? And so, and I remember I was just listening. I was really curious to story. And he asked, you know, she asked me like, you know, what are you going to give my son? And he's, I looked at her and I said, ma'am, we're gonna give your son an education. He's gonna leave our school with a college education. And I forget how he said it, but she like looked over she, her shoulders like, "Juice, you going to the University exactly, of Utah." Exactly. She didn't ask you. Exactly. She goes, "You're going it's to the University." Done deal. And he goes, "I never had a grandma." She looks. She goes, "That's where you're going." Exactly. And, and I go, "What'd you say?" And he's like, "Yes, Grandma." Yes. He's yes. <laughs> he <indeed. saying. laughs> just like, acknowledges nah, it happened. Exactly. And here's the reason why I connected with that. I was raised by my grandmother. Yes, indeed. And nobody knew I was adopted by my grandmother. It was for me, it was a secret, kind of a shameful thing. And uh, I remember going, dang! Like, not only did this grandma—that was such a cool story—came from. I was, I don't want to say jealous, but I looked at you and I like looked up to you. I'm like, man, I wish I was like that. Yeah. And I wish my grandma was like that because my grandma was great in a lot of ways. But she didn't really see, you know, those, like, education. Like, she knew it was important, but it wasn't really emphasized at our school, at our, at our household. So that was the, you know, the, that was one of the just most um, biggest thing. But the second biggest things that went right along with it, I remember you were in, a, was it Austin Hall? Yes. You lived in Austin in Hall, US right? I was in, yeah, I was,
1: it was in Austin Hall. Yeah, I was Austin Hall.
0: So I was asked to return to the dorms for a second year uh-huh. <laughs> uh, by the University of Utah uh, Faculty, Exactly. Apparently, which was stupid. I got all this trouble. Yes. My freshman year in the, in the dorms, they go, your punishment exactly, is you have to do another year in the dorms. I'm like, you guys didn't think this through too well. That's where exactly. I got in all the trouble at. And so I was staying another year in the dorms. I remember one night, um, we're all going to go out. It's the school year just started. I'm like, and we went over to your dorm. And we're like, Juice, let's go. Like, uh, who was your na- roommate at the time?
1: Anthony Harris. Anthony Harris. So Anthony was ready to exactly. roll with us. He was
0: ready to go to the club with us. Exactly. We're, like, we're going to Manhattan or something uh-huh. like that. And we're like, juice, come on. And you're like, nah, man, I'm good. Yeah. And I was just like, come on, juice, you never hang out with us. Come on, man. And like, nah, man, I'm good. I'm good. And then Anthony was like, Oh man, he's gonna be serious studying. Uh-huh. And I thought he was joking. I'm like, come on, man, you ain't studying. you looked at me, you're like, Yeah, I am. Yes indeed. And I remember it was this weird, awkward moment. I was like, Are you in serious and I like looked yes. around and everybody's like, Oh, you don't know about <laughs> juice exactly. like juice like goes to class and studies and I looked at you and I looked in the mirror, even though there was no mirror, I just looked at myself, I'm like, you gotta get your crap together, day. Right. <laughs> I was like, cuz I knew the story about uh-huh. your background yes, and I was I would looked up to you so much I'm like I wish I had that yes, sort indeed. of background story and drive cuz we didn't have money mm. we didn't have all those things but because my grandmother felt so bad that my yes. mom just had her issues she bought me everything like I was spoiled and yes, rich. Indeed. I never did my laundry. I never cooked for myself. So I was the poorest kid with the richest, baddest behavior. Yes. I, had, I like I had the bad behaviors of a spoiled <laughs> oh, rich man. kid, but we we're broke. Yes, bad indeed. combination, trying well, to eat sushi you know, on, a, on a ghetto budget. Exactly. You know?
1: Well, in my circumstance, you know, I, my, my father and mother had me when they were about 18 years of yeah. age. And my grandparents came and got me. And so my granddad was a guy that was planting crops and harvesting them and taking it to the next level. And my grandmother was Type person that probably made about five thousand dollars a given year all the time, yeah. So she was the type of person that would pick oranges and cucumbers and provide me an opportunity so I can have cliques so that I can play football. Yeah. So when I came to the University of Utah, this was an opportunity for success, it was a business meeting. It was a four year business. Oh, meeting. I could tell you were playing yes, around. Indeed. Yes, indeed. So I, I In fact out. you even told me at the time. I said, Dad, I said, Why? So why are you going to those classes? Yes. Like, come on, man. It's like,
0: you know, just college, whatever. And I remember you said something like, So man, I got a lot of people back home. Exactly. I got to go and feed. Exactly. And you're
1: laughing, but I later found out, yes, well, indeed. I knew at that time, like, oh, he was being serious. Champion. That's what I mean. If you if you come from hard situations, your job is not to fail. And not I was gonna press any anyone was gonna put any undue pressure on me. I was gonna put that pressure on my Myself. No, I can tell. But it, like I said, it was it was a business trip. And so I'm just thankful for all the people, Ron McBride, Brenda Yamagata, uh, my wife, uh, my in-laws, all the other people that have helped me along this journey, my mentors, uh, whether in education, outside of education, those people allowed me to stand on their shoulder when I didn't even deserve it. Well, I'll tell you what, my hat's off to you.
0: I, I don't know any of my friends I can think of that have more purpose and more drive than you. I've always looked up to you for that, even though you're younger than me. For me, it took me like 20 years to find my purpose, and the drive came even later, and the credit score came even later than that. <laughs> so it took me a little while. I had to marry into all those things. My oh, wife had man. to like loan me some of her drive, her credit score. She had to co-sign oh, for me and everything before I got my stuff together. Mm-hmm. But seriously, from the heart, I love you, brother. Love Thank you, you for coming here and taking the time, talking with me it's just good yes. to hang out too, Well, man. for
1: certain before we close I just want to let you know um all those things that you questioned by yourself when we first came here and no one had a vehicle you were the person that would be willing to lend us our your yeah. vehicle so all those things you're doing now you built those things way before you, you came to Utah and there's a credit to your grandparents for allowing you to understand that family is the most important thing you have
0: well, thank you very much. And since they're both deceased, I want to end on a positive note. love you, Grandma and Grandpa. Yes, indeed. <laughs> Even though I call them Mom and Dad because, you know, they, they did adopt me. love you guys. Well, thanks to my boy Juice. Remember, you guys, uh, teencounseling.com backslash LTF for your 10% first uh, month discount to get your team some good counseling because it's half the price of seeing me, and you'll get in there a whole lot sooner. Exactly. So teencounseling.com backslash LTF. To Juice, thank you to all the administrators out there, the teachers that are fighting the good fight and making a very important intention every single day to smile at your students, to let them know not just that they matter, but they matter to you. Exactly. Well, thank you as always for visiting us here at Light the Fight. And as Heidi always says, thank you for helping us light the fight. Yes, indeed.